Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is going to be a quick visit to Craigslist.org in order to read some of the best of Craigslist posts collected by Craigslist over the years. For me, this is a palate cleanser of sorts after the last few episodes of Lou Reads have been mildly uh, disturbing. <laughs> I figured after the armpits and the uh, adult breastfeeding and the prostate milking, maybe I'd read about uh, some of the lighter side of Craigslist. So that's what we're going to do. But before we start that, I want to thank everyone who supports the podcast on Patreon. I really appreciate it. Uh, there have been a couple of people who joined recently, and I want to let you know that I appreciate it very much. As I frequently say, it is lovely to know that people uh, support the podcast and like the podcast enough to support it financially. I don't charge anything for the podcast or any of the magnets I send out. So just knowing that people are willing to throw in a couple bucks is wonderful. So thank you very much to those who are supporting the podcast. I super appreciate it. And thanks to everyone who has requested magnets. There's been an uptick in magnet requests. I still have a few magnets left in the last batch. And if you go to the Facebook page or the Tumblr or the Instagram, whatever, you can see those, the photos that magnet receivers have sent back to me to show them in their new homes, which I use not to figure out whose homes I want to rob, but also to appreciate the magnets. Thank you so much for sharing those magnets and asking for them in the first place. And with that out of the way, let's get right into this month's episode of Lou Reads the Internet for You, Best of Craigslist 2019. But the posts aren't from 2019, it's just sort of however they're collected. So let's jump right in. So the first thing we'll read is from the Best of Craigslist subcategory general in a post from March 26, 2018 entitled want to watch a live birth on mushrooms. And it goes like this. Hey there, my friends and I were trying to figure out the craziest thing we could do on magic mushrooms and realized that watching a live childbirth would be, by far, the most incredible mind-blowing experience that we could think of. We are looking for a woman with child who would permit five respectful, less than 27-year-old men watch her give live birth while on magic mushrooms. Compensation is negotiable, but for sure, at least $100 PP and the knowledge of knowing that you just blew some people's minds having a baby come out of you. This offer may not be for everyone. If you know someone who may be interested, please share this offer so that you might fulfill our dream of watching a live birth on mushrooms. And again from the general best of Craigslist, we'll read the next post originally posted September 21st, 2004 in a post entitled Brazilians Have Big Nuts. And it goes like this. So the other day I decided to get a bikini waxing. The people I usually go to are now closed on my only day off, so I get recommended to go to a different salon. Now, I'm sure many of you have heard of Brazilian waxing made popular by those anorexic bitch bikini hoes everywhere. I too have heard of it, but getting hair ripped out of my labia doesn't quite turn me on. However, stupid little me, I talked to the lady about pricing for that too. I then set a time to come in later that day for a regular wax. My appointment, ah, pure bliss. Nice lady, relaxing music, and painless ripping. All interrupted by the sudden realization that the wax kept being slapped on down there, getting closer and closer to the Ginny. Now I'm getting kind of nervous, but she's a professional and I told her which wax I wanted, so I relax. Next thing you know, mid-conversation, mind you, I feel something warm and tingly on my Ginny. Now, not the warm and tingly I'm used to. Oh no, 
the kind I don't want, the kind I want to be far, far away from. The lady put the effing wax further than I wanted. I block out my screaming vagina and yell, quote unquote, what are you doing? I only wanted a regular bikini wax, to which she replies, quote unquote, oops, well, I have to pull it off now. No turning back. My vaginal screams of horror suddenly turned into whimpers of fear. I braced myself and waited for the whirlwind of pain to head towards my way. Now, at first, there was a little twinge, but to my relief, it was only a smidgen worse than the regular waxing I'd already endured, so I relaxed. Big mistake. That motherfucker was just warming up. Now, I don't know if it was because of my state of relaxation or if it was because I had used up all my adrenaline on the first wax strip, but all of a sudden, I felt a jolt through my entire body. I felt as if I had been possessed by Kramer from Seinfeld during a mental breakdown. I know many of you have spoken to yourselves, but have you ever yelled in your own ear? It's pretty fucking deafening. So long story short, I tried to walk it off and once I got home and stared at my shiny red vagina in the mirror to make sure it was still intact. And that is why, my friends, I say Brazilians have big nuts. And from there, we'll go to a post in the Best of Craigslist Rants and Raves from a post from February 11th, 2010. In a post entitled, From a Girl Who Loves Casual Encounters. And it goes like this. So I just need to get something off my chest. I like sex. No, I take that back. I don't like sex. I love sex. I love men and their bodies and the way their muscles move under their skin and the power I feel when I'm making them moan. And I love casual encounters. I work hard. I'm busy and I don't really want a boyfriend. A fuck buddy? Hell yes. Being able to call someone on a random Friday night and have them come over and blow my mind? Yes, yes, yes. Hell, if they're good, they can even sleep over. If they're really, really good, I might make them breakfast the next morning. Pancakes and eggs after some mind-blowing sex? Sign me right up. But you know what I don't love? I don't love guys that assume that because I'm looking for a casual encounter, I will just show up and fuck them. Um, have you ever read the news? I'm not interested in getting chopped up to little pieces here, buddy. I'm going to need to meet you in a public place first and make sure you're not the next Ted Bundy. Seriously, letting you into my house, not to mention my vagina. Hoping to survive both experiences, thanks. Also, quote-unquote, no fatties pisses me off. First off, I'm a fatty. Not like, quote-unquote, morbidly obese, I break a sweat walking up the stairs fat, but I'm definitely not a size 8. And I can respect that some people are just not attracted to a bigger girl. But you know what? You're on fucking Craigslist posting a picture of your dick. Perhaps you don't have much room to be picky. Perhaps that quote-unquote fatty will blow you and your mind. I have yet to be told I'm not good in bed, but boy, have I heard that I'm the best thing they've had. You know why? Because I love sex. I don't have the best body in the world, but I do amazing things with what I've got. Oh, and to the married creepers, die. Seriously, WTF. I may be terrified of marriage, but that doesn't mean I don't respect the idea. Never in all my life will I ever help someone cheat on their partner. Never. Nope, not this month because you quote-unquote eat pussy so well. I wouldn't care if I came from you looking at me. You are married. I will never go there. Get a divorce if you are that unhappy. You are a douche. Also, spelling and grammar count, folks. I don't need to fuck a brain surgeon, but I like to think the person I'm sleeping with is intelligent enough to spell pussy correctly. If you can't take the time to run a spell check, what makes me think you will take the time to satisfy me in other ways? And finally... I'm open to a lot of things, but when I set the limits on who I'm interested in, respect them. I say I'm not looking to meet anyone over 34 because I am 27. Seven years older than me is the farthest I can go and still be attracted to someone. I have a father. 
I don't need one in bed. Likewise, all you cute early 20-somethings, I'm sure you're nice, but no. I have siblings that are your age or younger. I can't do it, no matter how awesome you are. It would make me feel dirty. And not in the good, quote-unquote, spank me, I've been naughty kind of ways. So yes, that is my rant in a nutshell. Common sense can take you a long way in this world. Good sex can take you even farther. And the next thing I'll read is in the best of Craigslist rants and raves again in a thread from February 9th, 2010, entitled, Thanks for Shitting Your Pants. And it goes like this. I was in line at the dreadful Comcast customer service pit to return my modem and cancel my service anyway. My mind was made up, for all the reasons I don't have to list here, fuck Comcast. My building got wireless service recently. I'm done. The guy on the phone didn't do a good job at saving my account. Quote, unquote, how does $42 a month sound? Quote, unquote, can you beat free? I inquired. I asked him if I could send the modem back to the mail and avoid the trip to their drop-off center. Quote, unquote, no, whatever. Getting the $56 a month monkey off my back felt good no matter what. I had no regrets at all. You sealed the deal when you shit your pants. That was seriously nasty. Everyone thought it was a little kid at first, but I knew right away it was you. I know I can't blame Comcast for whatever it is that makes you unable to control your bowels. I know that line was long and the service fairly slow. People have complicated fucking issues with their cable and phone. That line was an audition for the Jerry Springer show. Brackets, I mean that in a loving way. Complete with a woman who shits her pants. That was unreal, lady just unreal. I know you did it while you were standing in line because you didn't smell that rotten when I took my place in the line behind you. Granted, that customer service counter is a remarkably good place to shit your pants. The carpet is filthy, the walls have been smeared by the hands of innumerable children. You can't help but notice right away that the customer service agents are behind glass. LaShonda gets mad when the account be closed. No big deal, really. I enjoy the pageant of human existence. I suppose even to include the lady who shits her pants yesterday afternoon. Comcast is is too cheap to buy a rope line, so people line up as they see fit and let the kids roam free. Holy fuck, that stunk. And the line wasn't going anywhere. 15 minutes of that was enough to upset my cast iron stomach. I trained on a vast underground fish market in Asia. I know what stench is. I couldn't back up either. The line had formed behind me in that airless chamber. The room was suffering. You could see it in the stricken faces of the woman who helped you. She went in the back and threw up after you left. First, she came to the agent helping me and asked for, quote-unquote, the spray. I guess people shit themselves off in there. The people who have been standing behind me gave me sympathetic looks as I left. I had endured ground zero. My only thought was to get outside as quickly as possible, but that really sealed the deal for me. My new wireless connection is great and free. If I ever think I might want to go back to Comcast, all I have to do is think about the lady with scanty beard hair shitting her pants in a dingy lobby and I'll return to my senses right away. Imagine what her car smells like. And we'll go from there to another post in the Rants and Raves section from October 7th, 2015, entitled PetSmart, What the Fuck? And it goes like this. Okay, you caught me. I'm absolutely livid right now. I went to a local PetSmart to pick out a betta fish and asked the person there, hey, which one has been here the longest? Associate didn't even have to guess or think about this shit. I was handed a very dull yellow colored betta. Quote unquote, here, he's been here for a long time because everyone thinks he's ugly. My heart fucking broke, PetSmart. It fucking broke. I took this fish to the counter with water so dirty you could barely even see this fucking fish. The associate at the counter was like, quote unquote, wow, that's one ugly fish. What? 
What if I told you that your face was uglier than my beta? Don't say that shit, man. I bought this little turd monger the same day my beautiful beta passed away. I couldn't bear to be alone in my room again. That other fish came from another local pet store and he was badass as fuck. Fucking fish always wanted to fight my finger, man. He passed away still fierce as fuck. Goddamn bladder infection took him too soon, man. Too soon. But now, now back to this new fish, man. I bought him and noticed he had a little bit of black fin. Shit, I looked it up and my little turd monger has fin rot because PetSmart doesn't take care of their fucking fish. I don't know how long he'll last, but he has started making bubble nests in this gigantic 10-gallon tank, man. He's happy as fuck. Now, I love this turd monger, don't get me wrong. What makes me so mad is that he had fin rot because they don't take care of their fish. Before you come at me like, quote unquote, bruh, is he on antibiotics? The answer is yes. I'm not taking this fish back to PetSmart so he can rot more. Damn, son. Even if he only lives for another week, I can say he died in better conditions. Now, this new fish is badass as fuck and let me tell you why. One, fearless. This fucking fish allows you to pet him. Two, he looks like a goddamn sunflower, man. Everyone says he's ugly, but he's a goddamn sun in this 10-gallon tank, bruh. Three, if I stick a tinier container into the 10-gallon tank, he just swims into it. I carried this fish downstairs. Stairs. He's fearless. He seems super excited to go downstairs. Seems like a dog trapped in a fish's body. Hey, pet smart employees, please never insult someone's pet. What if I had been a kid? That would have been so shitty. And there are three pictures of the beta. And it seems to be doing okay. Although, since this was posted three years ago, it's probably dead. And the next post is again in the rants and raves in a post from March 26, 2014, entitled FYI Dudes Posting Pics. And it goes like this. Jesus Christ, dudes. I mean this as constructive criticism. Brackets, seriously. The dick pics some people post are ridiculous. As a female who cruises these ads for someone to spark my interest, some of you need a little help. Help as far as photo composition. Brackets, do these awful photos really get you some action? One, no photos while sitting on the john with your dick in your hand and your pants rolled around your ankles. Especially white athletic socks pulled halfway up your calves. Good grief. Two, clean up all the shit on your floor in your room. If you are taking a body shot, no one wants to see your dirty laundry on the floor or your wife's doilies on her dresser. Plus, you want someone recognizing your wallpaper or shower curtain? Let's be smart. Three, trim your balls. Please, whack that shit back. No one wants curlies in their teeth. Four, no one wants to see your asshole. It's not attractive. Even if you're looking for backdoor fun, they don't photograph well and it's super tricky to get the right angle. And I mean no disrespect, but if you have an ass full of pimples, it's not helping your cause. Just leave that pic out. 5. If you are cheating on your wife or partner or whatever, make sure someone can't recognize you. You never know who is cruising this site. You might as well have your name written on your dick with a sharpie as so many of you have tats in plain view. 6. Some of you are really good at taking stellar pics, while others, if you say you have an 8-inch cock, but the pics looks like it's a cocktail weenie, well, you don't want to sell yourself short. 7. Be playful. No reason to be so damn serious. Sex is supposed to be fun, so act like it. Put some pizzazz in your ads to set you apart. Like, put some whipped cream around your balls and a cherry on top. Wouldn't that be inviting? Okay, team, get back out there and good luck. And staying in the rants and raves, we'll go from there to a post from May 31st, 2013 in a thread entitled, A Friendly Note from Your Local Porn Shop Worker Dash Rant. And it goes like this. 
Dear porn shop slash adult store slash lingerie boutique customers, here are some fabulous tips how to not completely irritate me, the poor employee just barely keeping her rage in check behind the counter. Also, some etiquette on how to behave in case your mother didn't teach you. 1. For the loud, obnoxious 18 to 25-year-olds, yes, I will readily admit that when I see a herd of you coming straight from my door, I roll my eyes and groan. First of all, lose the fucking attitude when I ask to see your ID. No, not your high school ID slash college ID birth slash birth certificate. I need a state-issued ID, passport slash military ID will also work fine. If you do not have proper identification on your sorry bitch ass, I will, with great pleasure, ask you to leave. Don't get snippy because you haven't been asked before. I am asking you now, and if you look under the age of 40, I am required to. Why is it that young kids think it makes them look cooler when they laugh really loud and yell everything at one another? It makes you look pathetic and desperate for approval from your peers. Not to mention it scares away my legitimate customers who would have actually purchased something had your dumb asses not shown up. Plus, you rarely buy anything, probably for fear that daddy's princess will get caught with an illicit purchase on the credit card he no doubt pays for. So please, conduct yourselves as adults when you come in. 2. The fucktard mothers that want to bring their baby slash toddler shopping. You bitches have got to be kidding me. It's an adult store. There are penises everywhere. Do you really want your infant seeing that? Oh wait. Yeah, you guys don't care, because as long as you get to come shop for lingerie and dildos, you're happy as little clams. Fuck you. Your baby cannot come in. Don't have a tantrum when I tell you this either. Babysitters were created for a reason. Use one. 3. The ifs. You douchebags really are the bane of my existence. When you steal from me, I actually get bitched at by management. Regardless of the fact that I am alone, busy, and trying to get the store tidied up, have you morons also failed to realize we have a surveillance system that could rival the Pentagon? Seriously, I see you put that shit up your shirt and I'm, look and I'm locking you in and calling Spokane's finest before you were even done attempting to conceal whatever lube slash massage oils slash vibrator you decided was worth going to jail for. Which is exactly where you'll be going and the owner of my job really likes to press charges, not to mention has equipped his employees with tasers strong enough to take down a water buffalo. Don't fuck with me. That pair of crotchless panties isn't worth it, I promise. 4. Don't be nervous about your purchase. Seriously, I will not remember you five minutes after you walk out the door. You young guys don't need to stare at the pocket pussies for an hour before leaving empty-handed. Just buy the thing. I don't give a fuck, I promise. Older ladies who are too embarrassed to ask for help, chill out, dude. Just tell me what you were looking for so we can both be done with this unpleasant experience. You are the one making this awkward. 5. My darling porn guys, you are a great breed of customer for the most part. You come in quietly, find your DVD, and get the hell out. It works well for everyone involved. However, there are a few of you that like to quote browse for two fucking hours. That's a bit much, don't you think? Please come into the store with a general idea of what you want to jerk it to, because I have to wait for your fickle ass to leave before I can have a cigarette. 6. Stoners. You are a wonderful group of customers. You're always pleasant, laugh at my jokes, and usually make a purchase. My only complaint is that at times you guys smell like you're carrying a dead skunk around with you. Roll down your car windows and Febreze, friends. Good lord, y'all reek sometimes. 7. Okay, this one is bound to piss off some people, but I DGAF. At my adult store, we try to carry things for the BBW shopper, aka fatty friendly store. However, 
Please be reasonable when shopping. Lingerie runs small, okay? I wear a size SM at 6-8 pant at normal stores. At my work, I wear a large and usually cannot pull off the box lingerie. So no need to scream, cry, or freak out when I recommend that your 240-pound ass may not fit into a size medium. Also, no, I do not feel like taking 30 minutes to try to squeeze all your rolls into a corset. Hun, I'm not going to help. You will look like a walrus in rubber bands. Please let me put you in shit that will fit. Your man doesn't care what the tag says, but he will care if you have more rolls than Pillsbury coming out of lingerie that is too small. Please note that for the most part, I like my job. It's not my calling in life, but pays the bills while I sort out my 20s a bit. I really do like most of my customers and enjoy helping others find ways to have a more fulfilling sex life. If you all come in and treat myself and my co-workers with kindness, respect, and are not terrified of us, we will do our best to make it the easiest shopping experience of your life. To the aforementioned groups of people I was ranting about, well, you know who you are. Fix your shit and come back and see me. I don't remember you anyway. Love and furry handcuffs. And staying in the rants and raves. The next thing we'll read was originally posted on February 1st, 2013, in a post entitled, I farted on every single one of my employees all 37 of them. And it goes like this. So, I just need to tell the world because I am so happy that I have finally accomplished something that has been three months in the making. I farted on every single one of my 37 employees. The initial fart began on January 21st, 2008, while I was expediting at my somewhat famous restaurant in the meatpacking district. Let's just say I am a chef. I don't know if I would call myself world famous, but I am definitely known in and around New York City. NYC I have had several specials on Food Network. You probably know me if you like food and eating in Manhattan. That said, let's get back to the first fart, the maiden fart, the perfect fart. It was hot as hell in the kitchen that night. I like to turn off the air conditioning to give my staff a bit of a stir. It makes their blood flow, their tempers flash, but for some reason their discomfort turns out better quality food. So, with all the air off, there is no airflow in our downstairs kitchen, and it's small and cramped and really fucking hot, even in January. We have our plates in the warmer under our pass, so I was helping my hot apps guy plate a few fungi misty when it happened. He had the pan in his right hand, and we both reached to bend over to get the hot plate. I got there first, so he inhaled the entire hot air load that I let roar out of my pants. It was bold, loud, and completely unapologetic. It was louder, though, laughing so fucking hard at his coughing and gagging that I almost lost the granddaddy, the origin of the fart the poop. This actually did happen on fart employee number 19, but we'll get back to that. So with this, my mission began. I had to fart on everyone that works for me and write it all in a logbook so that I can keep track. Some people I couldn't just directly fart on, like my accountant. And I think she might feel that I have a cost at her or something. Department of Labor could be called, etc. So much care had to be taken with these types of cases. 1. The only rules I had were this. I had to fart on everyone. I mean, including my bread guy, my pasta guy, all our dishwashers, my sous chef, etc. Two, they had to either hear, smell, or be somehow aware that I have farted on them. This is where it gets tricky. Three, I have to do it in order of name alphabetically and I can't skip people and come back. Four, at least 80% had to make a comment or some type of revolting behavior afterwards and if they didn't, I had to do them again and again, the same person, until they finally surrendered to the demon that is my fart. This was easy with the line cooks and basic kitchen staff as they are used to this kind of shit the front house however are like a bunch of fucking statues scared to move my farts on them were secretly my most favorite because i think it took them out of whatever musical they thought they were living in and made them alive made them smell 
made them want to throw up for a valid reason. I think all farts should have a color assigned to them because you know that one fart comes out and lingers in the air and won't leave. I mean, it's obvious that's a green fart. Everyone should know this by now. It's even documented in cartoons. A red fart is a spicy one, probably incurred by some type of spicy ethnic food with a great amount of chilies and onions. A yellow fart? Well, these are worse on the farter than they are on the fartee. These are sick farts, the ones that are on the verge of being sharts. Just imagine the fart that comes out after downing like a gallon of vodka eating five euros on St. Mark Street, then bagging a hooker named Natasha who acts like she is from Russia. But you know, just know, she fucking grew up in Hackensack. This is never good, especially on the kitchen. So if I think I have a yellow in tow, I clamp my butthole shut and run to the nearest bathroom to unleash the fury. Unless, of course, I am at home. Then what the hell, I let it rip and see what happens. New underwear only like five feet away, so let's see what happens, life's a journey. I think I will post the story of every single person's very own and original fart on here every night for 37 nights. Some are really good ones, some are just farts, but I will let you be the judge. And maybe at the end, some of you will know who I am. And if you ever do figure it out, come to my restaurant and tell my bartender this. Quote unquote, Mr. Bojangles and his two sidewinders sent me. He will give you a free drink and a laugh. Check you tomorrow for EF number two. And unfortunately, the other 36 stories are not included in the best of Craigslist, but perhaps they've been collected elsewhere for your enjoyment. And we'll go from there to a thread posted in February 26th, 2010, entitled Using a Porta Potty. And it goes like this. With all the recent postings regarding etiquette of various sectors of quote unquote service, I've decided to post one of my own. I am employed as a porta potty technician, and I'd appreciate it if you'd take a moment to follow these simple rules the next time you're in one of my outdoor commodes. 1. Curb the urge to inscribe your ex-lover's name, telephone number, and favorite sexual performance on the inside walls. Even though I met my current wife by calling one of these phone numbers, they're usually just made up or out of service. 2. Try to deposit all of your feces inside the sitting platform hole. Some people seem to have trouble with this one, and it is very difficult for me to scrape... <laughs> and it is very difficult for me to scrape dried fecal matter from the very porous plastic platform. 3. Refrain from writing your initials slash gang affiliation on the walls inside the septic unit using your feces. 4. I realize it makes a good prank, but please stop tipping the septic unit while your friend is inside with his slash her bowels in full action. Someone could be seriously injured while the unit is rolled over with that person inside and or the fecal matter and urine inside the tank overflows. It creates more of a mess than the prank is worth. 5. This one's for the women patrons. Kindly deposit your soiled tampons, maxi pads, panty liners, or whatever menstrual cycle fluid absorbent you choose inside the built-in disposal compartment. Some of our lady patrons seem to think the built-in urinal is a good place to dispose of them, but I must say you're misinformed. That feature is designed for male patrons to urinate, and your tampon merely clogs the drain hole. 6. Do not attempt to retrieve your cell phone, wallet, nose piercing, penis ring, keys, wedding ring, or whatever else you consider valuable and have dropped inside the fecal matter collection bin. As a dedicated septic tank technician, I am entitled to my tips as well, and as the old saying goes, quote-unquote, finders keepers, losers weepers. 7. After performing sexual acts in one of my porta potty units, kindly discard your soiled condoms and wrappers in the appropriate trash container. Don't simply leave them on the floor for me to pick up later. Your dried semen is more difficult than chewing gum to scrape off the floor. 8. Do not smoke in the septic unit. Your feces emit a highly explosive gas and can ignite when exposed to flame. Serious bodily injury or even death could result. Besides, I have a security deposit on each of the septic units I am responsible for. 9. 
Kindly be environmentally aware that using too much toilet paper doesn't necessarily mean better wiping action. Years of research has indicated that properly used, two feet of toilet paper is equally effective as six feet in fecal matter absorbing action. 10. No matter how creative you may be, please refrain from sticking a fully loaded wad of toilet paper on the inside walls of the septic unit. Yes, it may present a pleasant art display, brackets when properly dried, for other patrons to enjoy, but it becomes very difficult to remove. 11. Be considerate of your fellow citizens wanting to use the septic unit after you. Napping and slash or sleeping in one of our septic units is prohibited. If you're that tired, go to the restroom at your local bus depot. Well, thank you for taking the time to read my post. Think of me the next time you're out and about and feel the sudden urge to relieve your bowels slash bladder. Have a nice day. And from there, we'll go to a post in the Casual Encounters Best Of from November 28, 2011, entitled, Need to Get Pregnant Fast by Clean, Educated Man, W4M. And it goes like this. Looking for a light-skinned man to get me pregnant this coming weekend or early next week. You will need to be light brown blonde or red hair. My husband and I have been trying to get pregnant for months now, and my doctor says I'm fine, so it must be him. It would kill him not to have kids. Be drug and disease free. I figure we can try a couple of times while I'm visiting this week and hopefully I will be pregnant for my flight back home. Send a couple of pictures of yourself, especially want nude pics. Can't do this if I'm not attracted to you. And tell me a bit about yourself. Location, Bentonville. And again in Casual Encounters, posted October 13, 2009. In a post entitled, Can I flush your head in a toilet while blasting Holland Oats? M for W. I want to flush your head repeatedly in the toilet while making love to your behind. Holland Oats will be playing at top volume at some point. Quote unquote, Highway to the Danger Zone will be played for sure. My house smells amazing and my penis is not sick or deformed. Don't act like you haven't thought about this exact scenario before. And we'll go from that one to another casual encounter entitled, To the Guy Doing My Wife at My House, MW for MW. And it goes like this. To the guy doing my wife, you know who you are. Yes, I know. No, I'm not angry. I would just like to ask a few things of you. After all, you are giving it to my wife. 1. Please stop leaving the seat up. I keep getting blamed and it's starting to get old. 2. You may be giving me a chance to go fishing more often, but please stop drinking all my beer. It is fine if you have a couple while you visit. Brackets, God knows I drink plenty before I find her attractive. God knows I drink plenty before I find her attractive. But please leave a few as I have to be there longer than you. 3. If you do drink the last one, buy more or leave money on the counter. I will pick some up. 4. Please replace toilet paper when you use it all. For some reason, my five-year-old son believes that it's not there he does not have to wipe. We keep it under the sink, unless you can recommend a better spot. 5. After doing my wife, please use something disposable to wipe off with. The basket of clothes to the right is mine and the clothes are clean as my wife does not do my washing. I run out of time rushing to work. Last week, my sweatshirt was crusty. Brackets, thanks. 6. Do not tell my children that you are their uncle. They are young, not mentally challenged. 7. Please stop turning the heat up. You pay nothing and mud is putting it up my ass. My wife may like it, but I think it hurts. 8. When she asks, quote unquote, do these pants make me look fat? Say no. You may think giving a different answer will make her think twice about eating a gallon of ice cream. A <laughs> 
You may think giving a different answer will make her think twice about eating a gallon of ice cream a day, but all you're doing is giving her a reason to go buy more pants that she will look just as fat in. 9. Stop eating all the baked goods. The brownies you ate were from my mom for my birthday. My wife has not cooked anything that good for years, and if she does, she will not share. 10. Try shifting your weight when you sit on my chair. The recliner I rarely have time for. Brackets soccer games and practice, basketball camp for the kids takes much of my time, and I try to help with schoolwork too. It has a grove in it that forces me to roll to the left. Lastly, I would like to thank you for taking her to lunch on Valentine's Day. She was not as hungry as usual and only ordered one meal. I will... <laughs> I may be able to use the money I saved to take the children to a movie. I hope you can help me with these items. It may become awkward if I have to confront her. If you can do this for me, I will give you a heads up on when I will be gone and for how long so that you don't feel rushed. P.S. I'm going to take the kids to Sunset State Beach camping on the 26th of September for two days. I have a bottle of vodka in the fridge if you find yourself low on beer. Thanks. This was not written by anyone named Deleted. Location, San Jose. And again in the Casual Encounters, a short post posted on June 25th, 2009, and a hot topic, entitled, Need Comfort Due to Michael Jackson's Death? M for W. And it goes like this. Then, quote-unquote, you are not alone. Come over to my place and I, quote-unquote, won't stop till you get enough. It'll be a real, quote-unquote, thriller. I promise it won't be, quote-unquote, bad. Please be serious, as I am too. I don't want to have to sit at home tonight and, quote-unquote, beat it. Location, Bangor, Maine. And again in Casual Encounters, we repose from May 17, 2009, entitled Threesome with My Real Doll, MW for M. And it goes like this. If you don't know what a real doll is, either look it up or you should probably just move on. For those that are aware, I'll give you the stats on my girl. Gabrielle has a face 16, body 5, she's about 4 foot 10, lighter skin tone, black hair, trimmed pubic hair, and 32E breasts. She is a hottie in every sense of the word. If you are serious about this, we would like to hear from you. You must be respectful of both Gabrielle and myself. Neither of us have ever had a threesome before, so this will be new to both of us. Also, she isn't the most cooperative girl as far as positioning goes. Although she is tiny, she is quite heavy. Perhaps with another guy present, it would just open up additional possibilities. I'm not as picky as she is, so it would... <laughs> So it would probably help your chances if you addressed your messages to her. She would love to hear your basic info and any thoughts slash ideas for our threesome. She has several outfits she could wear for us. Location, Portland. Although... Maine or Oregon is not specified. And again in Casual Counters, I'll read a post from November 8th, 2009, entitled, Fulfill My Waffle House Fantasy. It goes like this. This Sunday evening at 10 p.m., I'll be sitting at the counter of the Waffle House on Tunnel Road. I'll be wearing clothing, but underneath I'll be naked. You'll know it's me because I'll be eating Burt's Best <laughs> You'll know it's me because I'll be eating Bert's best bowl of chili. Please note that Bert's best is a large bowl of chili smothered, covered, chunked, and peppered. This clarification is important, just in case there's someone else at the counter eating a bowl of Bert's chili, which is just chili and not as good as Bert's best. After you identify me by my chili and also perhaps by my concealed nakedness, you'll take the stool beside me. At first, I won't be sure if it's you and the anticipation will be a real thrill for me. When the waitress greets you, I'm not sexist, it's just statistically probable that your server will be a female because male Waffle House servers are very rare. Anyway, when you're 
your waitress greets you, you won't need to review a menu because I'm about to tell you what to order and you'll have it memorized. It may be a good idea to write this down on a small piece of paper and memorize it while you're driving to the Tunnel Road Waffle House. Ready? Good. You'll tell the waitress you'll have hash browns covered, diced, peppered, and topped. Curiously enough, topped means tops with Burt's chili. The other code words stand for melted cheese, grilled tomatoes, and spicy jalapeno peppers, respectively. I mention this because oftentimes people don't care for spicy foods, in which case you can substitute capped for peppered. Capped is code word for grilled button mushrooms. Either way, I'll still know it's you. Yet just to be sure, in addition to the hash browns, order a city ham biscuit from the dollars menu. Of course, it's possible that you may not like city ham. The name itself can conjure unpleasant connotations if you think too long about it. This isn't important because you don't have to eat it. It's just something off the dollars menu you'll order so I can be sure you're you and not just someone else who happens to be ordering hash browns covered, diced, peppered, and topped. After you order and only after the waitress has walked away, I'll ask you if you'd like a spoonful of my Burt's best bowl of chili. Don't respond verbally. Just look me in the eyes, squint slightly in a seductive manner, and open your mouth, stick out your tongue, and get ready for a spoonful of Burt's Best. Taste the chili, the sautéed onions, melted cheese, grilled hickory-smoked ham, and spicy jalapeno peppers. It doesn't matter if you like the spicy peppers or not. You're gonna eat them, and they're gonna be hot. So hot, your salvation may carry a little piece of grilled hickory-smoked ham from the corner of your mouth down to the precipice of your chin. Don't wipe it off. Let it drip. When my body stops convulsing and my emotions return from sheer ecstasy, I'll put a $20 bill on the counter. Then I'll get up, slowly walk out the door, never to see you again. If this sounds like the kind of thing you're looking for, email me to set up a time to meet. I know I said I'd be there tonight at 10 p.m., but if more than one woman showed up, it would cause confusion. I'd like to make sure you're not a weirdo before we meet. From there, we'll read a best of Craigslist from the Missed Connection section from December 17th, 2017 entitled Graveyard Vigilante Slayer, and it goes like this. I knew we were meant to be the moment you said Hillary Clinton was a lizard person. I didn't care that you liked wearing socks with your flip-flops or that you liked to dress in all black leather. I didn't judge you for being hashtag Team Edward or Bernie. Truth is, you make me laugh to the point my chapped lips bleed. As I lay at night, awake, writing in my pink and purple, quote-unquote, My Little Pony journal, I snuggle up to my waifu pillow and wish it was you. I vision you standing here with your Fabio hair blowing in the wind. In one hand, you have a hammer, and the other is a pack of vagina dental dam. You will probably never see this, but if you do, ride off with me in the sunset on my George Jetson mop. Come live a life together on a farm breeding horses simulation style. I will never force you to drink shitty drinks like Bud Light. And we can have pet rats and train them to do cool tricks. And finally, we'll end this episode with a posting from the Crew Gigs Best of Craigslist. In a posting from February 5th, 2019, entitled Unique Challenge for Experienced Director. Paid. And it goes like this. I am in search of an experienced director to tackle a unique challenge. My seven-year-old son is an up-and-coming film director, and I have decided he is ready to direct his first feature film. His father has agreed to fund a film up to $250,000, so I am looking for an experienced director to guide him through the process. He will be making all creative decisions, but he will need some help and guidance. His favorite directors are Steven Spielberg, Christopher Nolan, and Stanley Kubrick. Special preference will be given to anyone who has worked with one of these directors in the past. You will be helping my son solicit a script, pitch the script to his father, and then plan and create the film. I am not in the film industry, so please send a proposed weekly salary in your response to this ad. Only experienced directors who include a proposed salary will be considered. Thank you for your time. <laughs>
Well, what did you think of that? Craigslist is what it is. And of course, it's a ridiculous place where people post things. Some of these things may be 100% bullshit, but who cares? It's fun. It's fun to read them. Uh, you can usually pick out the ones that are tongue in cheek. And certainly it's a place where in the past some people have you know, used Craigslist to do their own creative writing. But uh, I enjoyed read some, reading some of these because they are absurd. And of course, people are absurd. And that's why the Internet is so crazy. So I hope you enjoyed it. I have a bad feeling about the seven year old director's first feature film. It is too early in 2019 to really have a critique of it. I'd love to see her if it's uh, got any traction or what kind of person would want to help a seven-year-old director but you know I'll put a, you know put out the feeler you never know you never know there are a lot of people out there who want to be directors so why not go for it i would also love to hear if anyone actually got to uh, watch a live birth ball on mushrooms that sounds like a horrible idea <laughs> but uh, i guarantee that not all five dudes would stay in the room but whatever man i mean 500 bucks goes a long way to like one of those fancy new strollers like five guys a hundred dollars a person for live birth, I guess. <laughs> anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Lou Reed's Internet for You, best of Craigslist edition. I haven't done a Craigslist thing for many years, so I just needed kind of a nice palate cleanser, something fun to read, and it was fun. In annoying news, I got a thing from Zazzle, which is where I was making the Lou Reed's coffee cups, which is something I rarely mention anymore. And I got an email from them saying that they're going to start charging me to have the account if not enough people buy coffee cups, which is an absurd premise. I mean... I've, I guess I've had $3 there in their bank for probably eight years, <laughs> something like that. I guess they don't want to be holding on that money, so they're just going to steal it. But I, it kind of encouraged me to make a new cup effort with some of the new, more recent drawings. Not that they will sell or anything, but I just think it's kind of a funny idea. Um, so I may be posting new coffee cups in the near future with some of the latest uh, episode art. Anyway. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to everyone who supports the podcast on Patreon. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's awesome that you guys do it, and I really appreciate it. I'm glad that you enjoy the show enough to do so. And I, thanks for everyone who shares the podcast with their friends. Again, I, I hear lots of people tell me that it's a great thing to have on long road trips. Uh, it's varied and weird enough. And thanks to everyone who writes reviews on iTunes and reviews it wherever you can. Again, it's great that people spread the word. It's great that people write reviews on iTunes. It helps other people find the podcast. Podcast. The podcast has been around a long time and has been pretty much steady as far as listenership goes. But uh, it would be great if more people could hear about it just because people need to know about prostate milking. It's really important. They need to know they're not alone. <laughs> anyway, if you get a chance to write a review, I'd super appreciate it. Even if you're just rating the podcast. I know a lot of people don't use iTunes anymore, but wherever you can rate it. You can get it on Spotify, but I don't think you can rate it. But maybe just by adding it in Spotify it will be a good thing. Who knows? But by all means, subscribe everywhere. <laughs> but I think that's going to do it for this episode of Lou Reed's Internet for you. So to wrap things up, thanks for listening. My name's Lou. This has been Lou Reed's Internet, best of Craigslist edition for you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.